0: Today, we're joined by the Associate Dean of Scholarship and Innovation and Professor in the Division of Educational Leadership and Innovation, Dr. Pune Mishra. You can follow him on Twitter at Punyamishra or visit his website, Ponyamishra.com. Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. That was quite a mouthful. I wasn't expecting to throw the whole title in there. <laughs> well, sometimes we swing for the fences and sometimes
0: it hits, sometimes it lands flat. But. but I'm excited to talk to you today. We came across you, one of our listeners sent us a quote from you, and it is the 23rd law of parenting. And you said, for facts, go to Google, for wisdom, come to me. I think that's really interesting and the way technology has changed the world today. But can you uh,
1: elaborate more on what you meant by that? So a couple of things. The first is, it's not that I have 22 other laws of parenting. (laughs) Um, So it was basically, I love prime numbers. And so I was like, okay, I need to come up with a number. So it was 23 and that was that sort of stuck. And this was in the context of sort of, I would give these keynotes to educators, you know, and the, the amount of information being thrown at us today I think the critical thing for educators really is not about how to lead students to information or learners to information anymore, right? Because you know, I, I grew up in New Delhi, and you know, when I was growing up, I used to take a bus and go to the two good libraries. One was the USIS and the other was the British Council Library. I actually had multiple memberships, so I could get these bags of books and come <laughs> back in the bus. So I had to go out and seek information. That's not the issue anymore. The issue is actually that of too much. There's a glut of information. Some of it false information, some of it fake news and so on and so forth, right? And so how do you develop that judgment to say, okay, this is what I should believe. This is what I should not believe. And so that was sort of, uh, when I give these keynotes I sort of made up this law, you know, uh, sort of 23rd law but it sort of makes the bigger point that the issue is not about access to information Issue is about judgment. Is it about wisdom? It is about checking your sources. It is about going and asking why, what was the intent of this person? Did they have an ax to grind? And I think that, you know, I must have said this, I think 10 or 12 years ago, uh, but I think that the facts and the events around the world uh, show to us that that is actually much more relevant today uh,
2: than it was maybe in the days when I first said it. Okay, so, all right, this is perfect because I got the middle ground of this statement you just made. First of all, uh, thank you for telling me because I probably spent 10 minutes trying to find your other 22 parenting tips. And now that you told me it's only 23, I can stop that search. So I sit with my son at the table while he does his work. And he'll always say, hey, dad, how do you mm-hmm. spell electroencephalograph? And I'm always like, hey, why don't you just ask Google how to spell that so that I don't have to do it. Yep. I'm wondering if we're losing something there by him hearing it from my voice and learning it from me, person to person, as opposed to him just learning how to spell from the computer.
1: So I think, you know, that's a interesting question. Like what do we gain? What do we lose when we switch one technology to the other? Clearly, uh, some aspects are lost. But again, when I think about, um, you know, one could also argue. We had a quick drop
0: off in our connection and unfortunately, we lost a little bit of what Dr. Mishra said, but here we are back speaking with Dr. Mishra.
1: Yes, I think something is gained and something is lost in each of these. But again, if I mean, the joke that I was sort of making was like, you know, when print first comes along, everybody's like, oh, you are really not understanding words because you're not chipping them into a rock anymore. That's sort of the real way of accessing knowledge. The point is, what is it good? What is what good for? If I can Google, so be it. But that doesn't mean that I, I uh, don't need to understand what the concept is. So understanding the concept and accessing the information, I think are two different things. Do you think there's a level now with technology
0: and trust? I think over the last year, I mean, you kind of, you said this, I think it was 2012 is what I wrote. And clearly hindsight, you were on the forefront of understanding this. Now I read a, a headline from a certain news outlet and i was like i know which way this is going to go i read it from a different outlet i know which way it's going to go and if it's something important to me i'll read both the left and right side of political arguments i mean how do you develop trust in the news that you're getting now when so much can be disguised or there's an alter ulterior motive
1: i think those ulterior motives have always been there right i mean i think that those any text that we read had hidden histories, hidden stories, which were not apparent before, right? Motives are always, I mean, anything I write is for, an, I have an ax to grind. It might be an like, you know, a, a good ax to grind, but still, it is still, there is a purpose, there's an intentionality behind it. I think what has happened though, with the rise of social media and the access to information is we have gone from sort of a print-based culture where we could go look up the information in a book. It was sort of static, it was there, to a culture which is much more like an ancient culture, which is like an oral culture, where it becomes who you believe, who is saying it, that becomes more important. And so our filters for determining that need to become so, because we start living in this little information bubbles. And, you know, I mean, uh, uh, half my time, I think is spent on, you know, on WhatsApp or whatever, just fixing things for people, right? I mean, and it doesn't matter whether it's left or right. I mean, uh, during the COVID, you know, beginning of the COVID stuff, all this false stuff was happening and I would be posting stuff from nature and saying, listen, scientists have looked at it. It really is, was not created in a lab, blah, blah, blah. Recently, Ted Cruz did a coon thing and somebody posted a tweet way back. It was a fake, it takes 30 seconds to look it up on a few fact-checking sites and say, guys, this one is, this is false. But I don't know, people don't take that effort and I find that really surprising. That's a big part of what I think I need to be inculcating in the next generations. As an educator, this is the most amazing time to be alive. Never before has the amount of in Phoenix, Arizona, or in Bangladesh ever before in the entire history of the human civilization. That is amazing. Of course, it comes with all kinds of fake information, risks, and attention. Well, it's not about finding the information, because the information will come and find you, is to be able to judge and make the point of that whole quote.
2: So, you know, basically what I feel like we're doing, which I'm very happy with, because I, all I felt like I was doing in high school was memorizing my history book. It feels like now we're just outsourcing facts to Google, back to your quote. So what effect is that having on our brain? If all the facts are now out in the dark web, we don't, our brain doesn't have them. Does that, how does that change our brain? That's a
1: fantastic question. So firstly, I should also add that I don't have stock in Google, so you could say Bing in that quote and I'd be just fine with it, right? Or dog pile or whatever your favorite, Alta Vista, right? Uh, to go back and forth. Um So that said, I think one of the important things that I think educational research, psychological research has shown that you cannot form sound judgments without a basis in factual knowledge. So we really cannot export all our factual knowledge out into and say that Google has. There has to be some basic knowledge that we need to have, on the basis of which we will make these judgments. So I think it is changing us. Um, I mean, one thing for clear is attention spans are down for sure. I know it's true for me. I mean, I can barely stick with doing one thing for more than five minutes before I have to check my phone or fidget or do something else. Um, You know, so it is having a difference. But again also understand that our brains have been built over you know for of life of four billion years of evolution of human civilization only humans of a couple of million years of evolution so it's not a tool that can get very easily uh you know broken just because of new technologies coming along of course what we live in now is an attention economy it is always trying to find attention and that that's where it's sort of hijacking certain aspects of our brain where we get pulled into different things very, very quickly. So that I think, and I think some of these tools have been deliberately designed that way, right? Um, I mean, Facebook does experiments to ensure that people will stay on its website. And, you know, and there I was reading this somewhere that at any given moment, each one of us is at least a part of 60 different experiments that Facebook is doing. (laughs) You know, they'll change your feed tweaks slightly. They'll change how this shows up to see how you behave and i think those i think are, are ways that these companies are hijacking certain predilections that we have certain biases that we have wow you know all from the point of view of eyeballs, right
0: so before we get you out of here i got one question your twitter bio i think is really interesting you said sure. you make ambiograms so i went to google i looked it up and ambiogram uh-huh. is a calligraphic uh, calligraphy design that has several interpretations As written. So I'm turning to you now for the wisdom of why you're into that. And I think they're
1: so cool, but. uh, Oh, why I'm into that? Oh, wow. Um, I like uh, looking at things through weird ways. You know, so you give me something straight, I will twist it around. That is just sort of a stupid habit I have. Um, Mm -hmm. And at one point, I started playing with words and I saw people who had done it. There are some really awesome people who have done it. It was in Angels and Demons, if you remember the Dan Brown book, He had the Earth, Fire, Water you know so John Langdon was the guy who created it and I like math and I like visual arts and so I just started playing and started writing these words in ways so it would read let's say you can take the word science and it would read the same if rotated 180 degrees or or reflected in a mirror so I had an exhibition about that a few years back and it was just it's just one of those fun side things I do and uh, you know thank you for noticing that because not many people do. Yeah, I mean, I
0: had to Google it and then I came to wisdom. Dr. Punya Mishra, thank you so much for joining us today. You can find him on Twitter at Punya Mishra. I'm Andrew Keller for Dr. Mishra and Larry saying
2: thanks for stopping by.